Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 750. We're looking at Matthew chapter 9, verses 32 to 34. Let's read our passage. Just as they were going out, a demon-possessed man who was unable to speak was brought to him. When the demon had been driven out, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed, saying, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He drives out demons by the ruler of demons. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people to follow Jesus, to convince people to place their faith in Jesus. He's writing primarily from a Jewish perspective to a Jewish audience. So he uses a lot of Jewish imagery, a lot of Old Testament imagery to try and convince people that Jesus is the promised Messiah. So he's in this section presenting the teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. He highlighted the teaching portion with the Sermon on the Mount. And now he's been dealing with mostly the healing ministry, but it's really miracles. And there's these nine miracles in three groups of three. Now, it's more than just nine, because some of them are two together. But we look at them as three groups of three. Group one was the healing of the leper, the centurion servant, and Peter's mother-in-law. Then we had a little interlude where he dealt with the cost of discipleship. Then group two was calming the storm, casting the demons out of the two men, and healing the paralyzed man. Then we had a second interlude with the calling of Matthew and the challenge about fasting. Now we're in group three. We saw two women who were healed, the woman with the issue of blood and the young girl who had died. Then two blind men who were healed. And now we're in the third miracle of this last group of three. This is the end of this series of miracles. So in chapter 9, verse 32, just as they were going out, so this is immediately after the blind men were healed. The blind men followed Jesus after he raised Jairus' daughter and back to whatever house he was going to, and they went into the house with him, assuming they were invited by Jesus because they were calling out to Jesus along the way, have mercy on us, son of David. And then Jesus asked, do you believe I can do this? They said, yes, we believe. And Jesus healed them. Now they could see. Jesus told them not to tell anyone, but they are now leaving the house. So verse 32 is, they were going out. Is the blind men were going out. A demon-possessed man who was unable to speak was brought to him. So a demon-possessed man who was unable to speak. Now the word gets translated unable to speak is the Greek word kophos, which could mean deaf or mute, or both. And so how are we to take it? How did they translate it here as mute, unable to speak? Well, the context, because when he's healed, down in verse 33, he spoke. And so we have to go by the context. If he could hear afterwards, then he was deaf. If he could speak afterwards, then he was mute. If he can do both, then he was both. And so we have to go by the context of the sermon, how to actually translate it. So he's unable to speak and was brought to him. Who brought him? We don't know. 
And Matthew doesn't tell us. This is a very brief description that Matthew gives. Just the facts, please. And so there's no extraneous information at all. But that's not important. It doesn't matter who brought him. And we also have the, the question here of demon possession versus a what we would call natural sickness. Was this man unable to speak because of a physical condition or because of demonic possession? And some say, well, in this primitive culture, every sickness was thought to have a demon behind it. Well, no, that's not the case. We see a man with the same condition, unable to speak, healed in Mark chapter 7. And there's no indication of demon possession. Now, this man was demon-possessed. Now, did the people who brought him know he was demon-possessed? Or did they bring him just because he couldn't speak and they're bringing him to Jesus, the healer? And then it turns out he's demon-possessed. And so when Matthew writes the gospel after the fact, he says they brought him a man who was demon-possessed. We don't know. Also, that's not important for the thing. This man is brought to Jesus. He is demon-possessed and he is unable to speak. Verse 33. When the demon had been driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. So this is how we know he was demon-possessed, perhaps, because the demon was driven out. Jesus didn't just heal him of being unable to speak, but Jesus drove out the demon because there was a demon to drive out. And the man spoke, and the crowds were amazed. And it seems to be the standard response to Jesus' miracles is crowds are amazed. And can't say we're surprised. If we were to see this kind of thing, we would be amazed also. So the crowds were amazed, saying, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. That's where I say, haven't you been reading the last couple of pages? We've been seeing a lot of stuff like this. And that's where is the crowd response here just to the driving out the demon of this man? Or is this basically a wrap-up to the whole series of nine miracle events, these three groups of three? I think it's the latter. I think it's more Matthew bringing this together. As this is what the crowds are now saying after all these miracles have been taking place. We've never seen anything like this. And particularly this one particular day, he goes and raises Jairus' daughter from the dead, then heals two blind men, and now casts the demon out so the man can regain his speech. That's quite a day. Verse 34, But the Pharisees said, He drives out demons by the ruler of demons. Now we'll see this again in chapter 12. Similar thing. Jesus casting out demons and the challenge by the Pharisees that he's actually in cahoots with the demons. Now, even if that were true, that doesn't explain the other miracles. The miracles, basically there's three groups. One is dealing with actual physical healings, or even raising people from the dead. Another, casting out demons. And another, his authority over nature, calming the storm. So these are the kinds of miracles. So only one aspect of this is demonic. The others are physical sickness, death, nature. That has nothing to do with demons, but shows their opposition to him. Now, one question comes up is the difference between sickness 
and demonic activity. And we seem to see a lot of demonic activity in the Gospels. Is it because there was so much more demonic activity then than there is now? Well, it's hard to say how much there was compared to how much there is now. But remember, the, you actually take what is contained in the Gospels, it's not that much. And the writers of the Gospel, particularly Matthew, he is very economical in his use of words. He doesn't get into a lot of detail with things. And the Gospels generally all tell us, and there was a whole lot more that happened that is not recorded here. Did Jesus cure minor illnesses? The person asked, did Jesus cure headaches? Well, there's no reason to think he didn't, because so often it says, and he cured all kinds of people of all kinds of things, so many more things than are recorded. But the gospel writers are only including that which is necessary for us to see the authority of Jesus. It's hard to really see Jesus as the Son of God, the Savior of the world, because he cured a headache. But did he cure headaches? He probably did. Somebody's with him and says, oh man, my head hurts. Jesus says, got it, and takes care of it. But that doesn't rise to the level of being included in the Gospels. So we do see these very dramatic events, but there were a whole lot of other events that were not as dramatic. And so were there demons every day or just over the period of the three and a half years of Jesus' ministry, we see these few instances of demonic activity. And these are the big ones. Were there others less impressive? It's hard to say we're speaking from absence of information, so it is a lot of conjecture. Remember, the purpose of the Gospels is not to give an account of everything that happened. The purpose is to inspire faith in Jesus as the Son of God. This is the end of this series of nine miracle events. And next we'll go back into a section of Jesus' teaching ministry. So Matthew's still proclaiming the teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. And he'll bounce back and forth between those areas. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.